Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Slay Less Show. This is Slay Less, also known as Celeste Graham. I'm here. I have Pat Stacks with me. Um, we are going to be talking about basically the intersections between pop culture and black feminism and some of the really deep intersections and some of like the really like good dialogue that we should be having about these types of topics as it relates to like our experiences with living in the generation of social media, living in like the, in the information age where everything is so easily accessible to us, but it's not always accurate or accurate to, I guess, the standards of our elders. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we disappoint them every day, but I, my ancestors are proud, but I, would I think say, mine are too. I, think I would say too. the scholarly ancestors look down upon us. <laughs> For sure. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and tell the people where they can connect with you or find more of your writing, your information, more of your work? Yeah, of course. I'm Pat Stacks. I am a uh, mental health blogger at www.africangold.com. So that's H African Gold. I talk a lot about my own struggle with depression, anxiety, and I also talk about um, identity issues. So growing up in the suburbs, being one of the few black people everywhere except for my family, and just like having to work out that self hate because there is a lot of it. Because when you're the kind of the only one, you kind of separate yourself. And I had to, that's something I had to grow out of. So I talk a lot about that. Um, talking a lot about my identity, as far as my ethnic background, I'm half black, half Nigerian, mm-hmm. basically two Nigerian for the blacks and mm-hmm. two black for the Nigerians. And yes, then that ma'am. falls in two white for the too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids. Yep. So the journey to me can be found there. Um, and then I talk a lot about coping skills just with my mental health and how it varies and my lifestyle. So yeah, you can find me at African gold on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Awesome. Everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you here today. I guess it's only right that I do a brief introduction for myself. I don't really feel like the lady of the hour. (laughs) So yes, I'm Slay List. Uh, I am a social justice pop culture podcaster. This is my very first episode. So just sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, a lot of what brought me to this project and wanting to podcast specifically is that I needed really a creative outlet for my mental health to be better and to feel like I was actually getting my voice out because for so long I was blogging, I was writing, I was doing all these different things, but it wasn't providing me with the type of outlet I really needed. And I wasn't, um, I didn't feel good about the stuff I was putting out. I just didn't really feel like it was making an impact or that my voice was being accurately heard. So about six months to a year ago, I decided that, you know, podcasting might be my thing. I might want to look into that. And here I am today in the studio making this shit happen. It's live. It's dope. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have like-minded women with me and around me. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Pretty much, like I said, I'm just going to bounce some different ideas and questions off of you. And I just want us to, you know, have a dialogue. I want people to really just listen to what we're saying and kind of give feedback. Yeah. Join into the conversation. Join in. If there's any points that we didn't bring up or anything you want to refute, shit, tell us we're we're wrong. Fuck. Tell us we're right. Tell us. Yes, please. Just talk to us. Speak up. Say something. Be vocal. Be loud. All right. So first things first, first question that I have for you. Uh, 
Do you feel like the influence of feminist scholarship is absent from pop culture feminists? And when I say pop culture feminists, I have to kind of specify what I mean. Uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you feel like the way feminism has changed now, you know, either to feminist feminism's uh, either to make it stronger or to its detriment, that you don't have to be a scholar to be a feminist anymore. Right. So. How do you feel, like, do you feel like the influence of feminist scholarship, and when I say scholarship, I'm talking about people like Bell Hooks and, you know, people who have really been at the forefront of writing what it means to be a scholar, I mean, what it means to be a scholar of feminism, what it means to be a feminist, and what type of ideals feminists should ultimately embody. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, they, they're, they're completely irrelevant. Um, I think that when it comes down to it, when we look at our quote-unquote feminist icons of the day, you know, our Taylor Swift, our Katy Perry, our uh, Kim Kardashians even, you know, that's who we hear of in pop culture are feminist. And they don't necessarily meet the standard of what pioneering feminists would say feminism is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, no, I feel like it's scholarship, scholar, scholarly feminist, as they'd be called. They're completely absent when it comes to pop culture. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> I would have to actually agree with you. And here's why. A lot of the people that you just named, Kim Kardashian, uh, Taylor Swift. Um, shit, who else? Katy Perry. Katy Perry. <laughs> shit, even Beyonce, because Beyonce, Beyonce is a self-proclaimed yeah. feminist and she's gotten a lot of backlash uh, for calling herself from that. scholarly feminist. From, yes, from feminist scholars. Um, you know, that's always a conversation. What I'm always interested to see is that a lot of the time when we're saying that uh, feminist scholarship, if you have to be well-versed in feminist scholarship to be a feminist, that argument is only really thrown at black women yeah. and women of color. Yeah. And so my my uh, the reason I'm kind of like, you know, I don't really feel like you have to be a feminist scholar to be a feminist. You don't have to be well-versed in feminist scholarship because I kind of feel like that's kind of elitist. You just— like, not everybody has gone to college and sat in a women's studies class and or gone to a women's studies course. To. And no, and not everybody's ever going to be able to afford to. So why are we taking their credibility, the credibility of their voice and their experiences and saying, well, you're only feminist if you know about Bell Hooks or if you know about what Susan B. Anthony did or if you know about, you know, the women's suffrage march, if you know about all these different things like the feminine mystique. Like I haven't, I'm, to be honest, I have a master's degree in women's and gender studies and I've never read that book. I don't fucking want to, yeah, to be honest. No. I got my degree, like I told you, from Tumblr.com. Yeah. Uh, whoop, whoop, shout out. <laughs> like you'll learn, I feel like I learned more on Tumblr through just reading people's dissertations than I did from any book that I ever read in college about gender or anything like that. And I was really into it. I took psychology of women because I was like, I want to understand how women work. And it was very much from the white woman perspective. And I was telling you, I took an African-American literature class. I wanted to know more about the African-American struggle. Mm -hmm. It was about black men. And even when I mm -hmm. look to do women's literature, it's about white women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it comes to looking at feminism, it's the same thing. It's either... You don't have enough knowledge or you have too much knowledge. I, I totally agree with you. And I think also there's a disconnect between pop culture. Pop culture is now. It's fast. Instant, it's you instant. Know? It's always happening. Like you can literally log on to social, any type of social media platform, Instagram, Tumblr. Literally, like, we just got, we are, we were in war on Monday because of a tweet that Donald Trump put on Saturday. And then we were out of war on Tuesday because 
they told the UN. I mean, like, it's, it's that instant. Like That instant. It's amazing. And I think the disconnect between feminist scholarship is that in order to actually craft scholarly articles, books, it takes time. You're not a shelling lot. out. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot Research. of mental... It's it's taxing. You know, yeah. it's almost it's traumatic for me. Like grad school was fucking traumatic. Like <laughs> I've never look, I've never cried more until I started grad school. No, that I academic trauma, that trauma, oh, that shit man. is real. Undergrad man. was nothing. Graduate school, I'm like, oh my God, how many times can I write about this? Seriously. How many more journals? Seriously. <laughs> Peer reviewed Seriously. Last 10 years. No. Cite my source. No. I just know. <laughs> and then, you know, to think like, here I am contemplating going back for the PhD. But like, the thing about feminist scholarship that I feel is so, it's not necessarily outdated, just the means by which we're, we have access, the everyday it's, person has access. We don't have access to it's it. It's academic elitist at this point, it honestly. Is. You it know, is. it's. And, and academic, elitism, uh, academic elitism is something that's rooted in racism because for so long, mm-hmm. people of color didn't have access we to education. We were excluded, for exactly. sure. So excluded. I think when it comes to talking about black feminism or even womanism, I think black women and women of color are always going to be discredited because of that belief that we, we couldn't possibly have attained this much knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not. But I feel like the definition of, this, of my version of feminism it's just a woman who wants to be her own person. That's mm-hmm. it. You want to be, and you and you want to be seen as that. You want to be seen as an equal. Yeah. You want to be engaged as an equal. You want your opinion to be just as loud as anybody else's. I um I agree with that, and I want to add on to that. I also think, for me to be a feminist, and this is just like this is I don't really have many stipulations when it comes to what I define as a feminist because I don't, I'm not into like, I don't want to police people. That's my thing is I yeah, want you to be either. yourself. I don't want to police you. I encourage everybody to be yourself. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like you're not feminist enough or you can't really contribute to that. You can't have a you seat at the table because yeah, you can't sit with us because <laughs> you don't know enough or you're not saying the right things. You didn't I don't, read enough books. Yeah. I don't, I have no desire to do that to anyone, but I will say, I think in order to truly be a feminist, you cannot root your feminism in downgrading and belittling other women. Facts. I will just say that. And I will say, you know, I see, I see a lot of that. And <laughs> just to bring this up, I I loved when Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift got into a little Twitter spat. And the first thing that Taylor Swift said to Nicki Minaj is like, why are you pitting other women against each other? Because what I think is often just absent from the conversation, especially when I say white feminists, and let me clarify, when I say white feminists, I'm not talking about white women who are feminists. I'm talking about white feminism as a term that is lacking in intersectionality. Yeah. Original feminism would be considered white feminism because it was started by white women mm -hmm. about white women's issues Mm -hmm. to be equal to white men to perpetuate white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is white feminism. And and you can be any color and be a white feminist. Oh, for sure. For sure. If your feminism is not intersectional, if it doesn't include trans women, if it doesn't include the LGB community, if it doesn't even include looking at how hypermasculinity affects women, you're a white feminist. Shit, if it doesn't talk about how hypermasculinity affects men, like how are we not? Yeah. So you're I mean, a white feminist. Yeah, for sure. And so I think um, if you don't look at all the elements, you're 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 a white feminist. You fall into that category you're white. for you sure. You can even let's not even call it white. You're vanilla. You're yeah. a vanilla feminist. You're, you're bland. You know, feminist. you're in the missionary style of feminism. And we've moved on to the doggy style of feminism. Like, we're on a whole new level. We are on a whole new level. Um, I think um, what's often lacking is just when I, what I what I hate to see and what 
I continue to see it. I don't understand why this is still a fucking problem. I see a lack of intersectionality. I see a lack of women being able to sit down and understand that, okay, your feminism is not going to look like my feminism because your experiences are not the same as mine, right. especially as a woman of color, especially as someone who like, for me personally, you know, I grew up poor. I grew up in the country. I grew up, you know, around just an environment that is completely different to what I read textbook feminism was, you know? Right. So my idea of feminism coming up, it was kind of, it wasn't even really, it definitely wasn't taught in school. It was kind of something I heard through television. The first time I heard the word feminism was probably on a TV show. And it was, you know, my idea of feminist was probably the same idea I had of hippies. You know, you're just, you're, you're a bra burner and you're just- You hate woman. men. You hate men. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Feminism, you're a man hater. And you know, when I first started hearing feminism and people becoming feminists, I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't know, but I'm not a feminist. No. Mm-hmm. Women? No, 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 no. I'm not. No. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's all. The, the narrative of feminism has been tainted. And, and that's, what's crazy is that you have these, like I said, my first introduction to feminism was through pop culture. Which is probably a lot of people's introduction because, like we stated, everybody can't afford that acad- that academia. That academia. But mm-hmm. when it comes to speaking positively on feminism, you have to oh, halt before you open your mouth on fem- feminism. You have to know X, Y, and Z. Well, this person just discredited, and they don't know anything about it. You know what? That I. What am easy, I? Um, it's easy to discredit something. You it just, is. It is. One of my favorite. Uh, social justice movements to talk about and to study is the civil rights movement and specifically to talk oh, about whole life. No, and it's specifically to talk about Fannie Lou Hamer and how she was so revolutionary for what she was and how she did not look like Martin Luther King. And she didn't look like, you know, these like really pretty fair skinned women who were like right. super educated, who were like lawyers. Like, you know, she was literally a black woman from the backwoods of either, I think it's Alabama or Mississippi, one of them. And like, but she was so powerful. And she still had so much to contribute to the movement and so much to contribute to the conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, what if they had discounted her because she didn't look like them? What if they had discounted her? In some ways they did. What if they had completely discounted her because her experiences and what she had to contribute to the conversation did not look like what they thought it was supposed to look like? Look how much knowledge and how much wealth we would have lost. I'm not even going to stun you. I don't even know who she is. But, no, and, I'm, but, and, and, and I'm not surprised. And that, that just I speaks don't. to that. That speaks to the <laughs> yeah, fact yeah, that, like, you exactly. know, she's been brushed I'm not aside. Surprised. Not surprised that I don't. <laughs> so, There's a lot of women that are left out of the, uh, especially the civil rights conversation. For sure, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and segue into this next question. So, describe your thoughts on the relationship between social media platforms and feminism, specifically black feminism. What are some of the good things you've seen in this relationship? What are some of your grievances about the relationship? I love it. Okay, so um, when it comes to social media and feminism for black <laughs> women, I, oh, it's delicious. Like, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> because, lit. It's because lit. I, because to me, I think it's given voice, not not only does it give voice to just feminism, it gives voices to everybody. And now we're seeing different sides of the narrative. So we're seeing feminists that don't aren't holding books and wearing glasses and skirts down to their angle. We're seeing feminism that come out the strip club. And Hell I think yeah. that's dope. That's lit. That's I think lit. that's dope because I've always like, I've always been sex positive. So mm-hmm. to see a woman like black China or Amber Rose or Cardi B, somebody like that who comes through and is like, you know, this is the, you don't understand my struggle because you've never had to live my life. So whatever yes. took me to the strip club, that's for me. But now I'm full of so much success. I used what I had to use to get to that point of where I am now. 
I think that's I think that, that's powerful as fuck. It really is. That's incredibly powerful. That's why I fuck with Cardi so hard. It's literally like thing is I don't care what they said. The whole Twitter erupted and said that she only won first because of colorism. Fuck that. If that were the case, there'd be a lot of Iggy Azalea could have won that if it was because of, nah, she won it because she's dope. She won it because she's relatable. She won it yes. because she's real. She won it because she is she is feminist. And she probably doesn't even correlate that she is walking, breathing, living feminism. And she probably wouldn't think to because she would think, oh, you know, I'm not real. I don't, you know, how, what's her little accent? You know, I don't really, yes, I didn't, I didn't I really it. read all them books and stuff yes. or whatever. You know, she would love probably it. say something like that. But no, she's she original, like, it. she's a quintessential, quintessential carefree black, black girl. girl. Like, yes. she really is it. She's, she's the it. latest and that's what, that's it. She's, she's, she talks about, you know, her issues. I've watched all of her breakfast, all three of her Breakfast Club interviews. Yes. And she just talks about her life of... She got to the strip club. The strip club saved her from an abusive relationship. From there, in the strip club, she found that she was insecure with herself. And from there, she got her breast implants. She got her ass injections. From there, she decided, you know what? I'm, you know, there's more to me. You know, she started building her confidence in the strip club. From there, she was like, you know what? I might as well use this money now to do what I really enjoy. And I think that's great. Yeah, she literally, like, literally put the building blocks in place to make herself who she is today. And that shit is inspiring She's like, nobody can fuck with it. So, yeah, I'll never discredit her as a, she doesn't know, she may not know that she is feminism, but she is. She definitely is. She is a black woman who took her circumstance and turned it around for herself. She became, now she's one of the most biggest voices out there mm-hmm. thanks to the Billboard 100. So Hell yeah. She's, she's number fucking one. Congratulations, Cardi B. Real talk. Congrats. Congratulations. Oh, that's my girl. Since 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 she said a hoe could never get cold, Woo! I've been not wearing a jacket. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I love it. I, uh, I agree with you. I think social media platforms and black feminism specifically, that shit is lit as fuck. Like you have to understand for me, why I think this is because growing up, you didn't see women that look like me, like women that have darker skin, that have kinky hair. You yeah. didn't see them on the mainstream. We you never. didn't see them. Never, never spotlighted. Never. You didn't see them on TV. You didn't see them getting any kind of shine. Nobody appreciated us. We were either too black, too nappy, too ghetto, too loud, too whatever. Even, Lauren, so, even Lauren Hill. Even Lauren Hill. And Lauren Hill's a fucking genius. Like, Jeez. let's just say that. So... What I love about social media is that it exposes these women and they, they make it, it makes it more accessible for girls like me who, when they were 13, like literally I just specifically remember like being 13 and being like, you know what? I'm not going to hate myself because of my dark skin anymore. I'm going to start finding women who look like me. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to research. That's when I like discovered Bria Miles, Cicely love Tyson, like all these like beautiful, beautiful, dark, melanated women who had done all this really awesome shit. And I'm like, you know what? I wish I had social media when I was 13, when I was 12, when I was like, you know, in a process where I was pretty much self-mutilating because I didn't like myself because of the way I looked and because I couldn't, I didn't have anything that I felt like properly portrayed who I was, what I looked like, what I stood for, what I really cared about. And so for me, social media, carefree black girl, black girl magic, that shit is empowering as fuck. As fuck. As fuck. We didn't have black girls rock when we were in fucking middle school. Yo, I think about it all the time. I'm like, man, these girls have it so good. They have so much. (laughs) When I look at it, like you said, like, I mean, I didn't consciously make a decision to like love my skin, but I think there was a certain point in time where I think I had fell into, I fell into the white mentality of, oh, I don't see color. You know, Mm -hmm. that was more my experience yeah, I mean, I'm black, but I mean, that's only melanin deep. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, that doesn't right. mean anything. I can still do whatever I want, but then yes. you then you get into spaces and you understand you see that not everybody's on that same page. So yeah, being a black girl who liked rock music, who mm-hmm. liked 
have who liked having different colored hair, who liked wearing heavy eyeliner, who liked quote unquote white things. Yep. There wasn't there wasn't an FKA twigs when I was coming out. There nope. wasn't that shizza. Nope. Both of those girls, Bjork inspired. If you yep. ever listen to Bjork, you can hear it all in their voices. There weren't girls. There weren't black girls where I came from who listened to shit like that. So, and if there were, they the level of success that FKA Twigs and SZA have both seen, that shit was not happening for them back then. Oh, not at all. And there believe. was a black girl rock. Let me think. Uh, no, nah, there wasn't one there. Mm-hmm. Who was it? There was the girl who was like Avril Lavigne. Fifi Dobson. Like, there we go. Fifi Dobson. Dobson. I fucking love her. I used to fuck with her. I yeah. fuck with her heavy. Like to this day. Look, like, I couldn't remember her name, but I was like, there was a black Avril Lavigne, and boy, did I love her. But she only had one album. She did. They she didn't. Was, they didn't. You know, I mean, they didn't push. They didn't it. invite. They didn't invest in her because they, they didn't really see that didn't. she was marketable. Yeah, and but, I, but I loved her. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. She was rocking out for me. But I would say even like when it comes to like beauty culture on social media, you see like all these black women like, and they're like they're slaying makeup. They're slaying hair. They're fucking shit up. They run that shit. The whole Instagram aesthetic as far as like being an Instagram model. Hood bitches made that shit. Yeah, Yeah, we made that shit. My my mom talks about it all the time. She's like, oh, you're here with the baby hairs. And I was like, man, if you go on the internet, man, that's what the beauty influencers are doing. It's baby hairs. It's slick back. It's a a caniculon ponytail down to your ass. That shit is crazy. It's (laughs) nappy. It it is what it is. No, and I'm old enough to remember when that shit was considered unattractive. You were ghetto as fuck. You were undesirable if you were walking around like that. Now that is literally the aesthetic everyone wants. I didn't wear weed until I was 19 because I I thought it was hood. Yeah. I thought it was hood. And I was like, oh, I'm never wearing weed. I'm always, I'm, this is my real hair. Yes. My shoulder yes. length shit. Now I'm five years natural, shit down to my ass. Like, I don't care now. No, I'm I sitting really in the don't. studio with a flat twist out in. Like, it's, it's it used it's, to be so much, so much pressure so to much be pressure. beautiful as a black woman. And now it's just like, you know, I feel, I, I feel freer. Like at 25, I feel the freest I've ever felt. I do in feel myself. Free, in, for sure. Thanks to social media. Thanks to those women standing up. Thanks to seeing, you know, more hood girl. Even Amber Rose, she's a girl yes. from the hood who loves smashing pumpkins. She yes. has the world is a vampire meant to drain on her arms. And I was like, I fuck with it because I used to fuck with smashing pumpkins. Yeah. It's cool to see that diversity. It really is. Like, that's not something I saw growing up. And I definitely think social media exposed me to that. And that definitely helped shape a lot of stuff because I, I fell in love with Amber Rose at 18 when she started get, dating Kanye. So. Yeah, she literally and is still one been, of the baddest. She's still been bae. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Y'all can call her light skin, whatever. She's she's black to me, so right. Yeah, she's, right half, she's African, so <laughs> we in this thing together. Yes, and you know what? Like, I love the fact that that's that's probably the most inspiring thing to me. Is so much. There's so much variety. And I feel like that's what's always been missing from black never women. Knew that. And, and you know that's always what's been missing. Is like I there's summered. never been variety for us. We can't like be. We can't just exist. Can't. I summered in New York because my my parents don't live together. So um, my parents split up when I was one. So my mom lived in Grand Prairie. My dad lived in Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn every summer, and that's where I got the most culture exposure. That's when I met, like, Haitians, Dominicans, you see St. Lucians, like, Mm -hmm. all these islands that I still never heard about in geography. Like, when Mm -hmm. all this hurricane stuff hit, my mom's asking me, she's like— you know, um, is the when it hit the Caribbean, is that like uh, the, what what what's it hit? I'm like, uh-huh. damn, like we don't know, like don't that, know. you don't find out about those islands, and you go up there, and it's like everywhere. Like you see black girls who can speak Spanish. I knew black girls who could speak French. I knew, yes, and I, I was like, damn, like that's crazy. Like you can speak all anything, like. But growing up in Texas, black girl is 
you're either a hood or you're 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 too white. You or you're, know? Yeah, you're, you're bougie. You're, you're bougie. Hood. Yeah, bougie. Yes. Um, you know, and I struggled a lot through that with uh, coming into college is because like I've always been like I've always known there's like a bougie black class of people, but I didn't really get exposed to them until I came to college and like their beauty standards and what they consider that's when to I be. Learned I was bougie. That's when I learned. I was like, shit, I'm actually a little bit more hood I than like, I fucking what? thought I was. I fall into the black hierarchy. You know what? Okay. I was on the opposite in the spectrum. I, I was, you, you met me freshman year. Yeah, I was out West there with Hall. all the white kids. I yep. was out there with all the white kids. I was like, nah, you know, the black girls in seventh grade said they didn't like me. So black yeah. girls don't like me. I'm not a real black girl. So I'm like, all right. You know, I'm over here, uh, Fenty Shade 340, over here hanging out with the black kids. <laughs> over here hanging out with the white kids. Like, okay, these is white people. And then, yeah. you know, that next semester was like, nah. You know, it was like, it was almost, it was almost opposite for me because I came into college, I smoked weed. Like I was like doing all this yeah, shit. Yeah, I smoked weed too, but so, I was smoking white weed. <laughs> so, so I was like on an acid trip. <laughs> no, that's when I found out. That's when I found out when I got to college. I was like, damn, I'm actually a little bit more hood than I thought I was. I was like, I don't fuck with that bougie shit. It's like, I don't fuck with like, I was like, y'all are very, there's like definitely, there's a hierarchy here. And I was like, and I don't want to play that game. My I don't want to be bougie, a part. I'm hood. I'm hood. My family is bougie too, but I'm hood. Accidentally. And my mom's like, it's because you're African. And I was like, yeah, that probably is because like, to me, hood just means, hood's another word for resourceful. So shit that I do, she wouldn't particularly do it. Like, yeah, I live with a white girl f- all through college, and she was like, why are you putting the skillet in the oven to make chicken? And I was like, yeah, you know, that's how we do it at the house. We, you know, we bake chicken in the skillet, you know. Just <laughs> keep cooking the shit. The front, the the, the handle's going to fall off, and you're just going to have this, like, chicken pan. She was like, oh, okay. I was like, I was like, is that ghetto? Like, what? And then that's once I was like, yeah, it's ghetto. And I was Look like, that beautiful cultural know? exchange. Right, Look at that right. cultural exchange. And she's still, and I think, <laughs> She, I mean, I kept the pot when we finally uh, moved apart, but she was still, I mean, I'm pretty sure she'll cook her chicken like that. And, um, but we're both vegan and vegetarian now, so I know I'm eating chicken. And then I didn't know. Trying to get on the train, man. Trying to get on the train. It's hard. <laughs> I didn't know it was ghetto to do your hair in the sink, but shit, I had like, I think she was helping me wash my relaxer out and we had like two new, two new girls moving in and they're like, oh, hey. And I was like, oh, they're black too. I was like, oh, hey, you know. I think it's normal. Though. It's kitchen sink. That's what you do here. What you mean? Yes, always, since I was like a baby. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. In what ways has mainstream white liberal feminism failed black women? We can spend ah. so much time on this question. In fact, I think it, should. it should be, which way have they succeeded us? What have they done for us? Hillary Clinton uh, wasn't going to do shit. Um, what other liberal? Who's a real liberal? Um, Roxanne Gay. Oh, I think God. she's more on the LGBT tip. Yeah. Um... Because, of course, white people can be gay. So I, that's, of course, it's lucrative. But, um, yeah, no, liberals are, liberals is a cute way of saying I'm, uh, my family's racist, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're going through, but I need to get what's good for me because, you know, I, I sympathize, it. but I can't really do yeah, shit for you. I feel you, you but can't do I shit can't for really, you. like Drake said, you won't really feel me. Look, you can't yeah. feel me. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That that's liberals. They'll they'll they feed. Oh man! But they don't. I think the biggest way that they have failed uh, black women is by telling us how to be feminists. Um, that that to me has always to, to this day like that's always like my biggest critique of other feminists. Don't fucking tell me how to be. Don't tell me how to be feminist. Don't tell me how to exist. Don't tell me what I should care about. 
Like, I think when we start talking about intersectionality, and that's why I love this term that, of course, a black woman coined. Of course. Is that we have to talk about every single part of identity in order to really understand the human experience, especially our experience. Right. So you can't talk to me like I don't want to talk about capitalism. I'm fucking poor. My mom's disabled. Like I grew up in a a system where we've literally still do. Yes. No matter how much (laughs) education you get. The no bills, matter how much education you get, due. the bills okay. are still due. So and half the time you ain't got the money to pay the bills. That's not my biggest problem, exactly. white girl. Like, I, I don't have time to fucking like, and that's what I love about talking about the early, early, like, beginnings of feminism and how it was literally a rich white woman's movement. Yeah. Bitch, I don't have time to protest. I'm no. working 14-hour shifts in a factory. Right. I mean, there were black women on, there were black women a part of the movement. And there the, were. And I, they were duped, you know? But then even, this is, this, is, a dupe. this is what I love, like, Look at Ida B. Wells' story. Like, she was a fucking journalist toting a pistol through the South, writing articles about anti-lynching. And, like, you you don't get that kind of realness. You don't get that type of complexity. Than that. Yeah, it really doesn't. You don't get the type of complexity when you're talking about any other feminist who was during the same time period that she was. Right. Who existed it's, during the same time period that was, like, within the same Even Harriet Tubman, the original feminist. Mm-hmm. Look, if you really want to get down to it. Yes. You're the, original, the original documented feminist. She's putting pistols in niggas' faces saying, you got one way out. You either coming with me or you gonna meet your maker. Like, That's what? so true. You telling niggas, you telling niggas in this hit? Yeah. You, we getting out the fields one way or another. Yeah. That's white, white liberal feminism is about, you know, like we were talking about whether you can afford an abortion or not, you know, reproductive rights. That's when it comes to that girls and girls in the hood, Probably they can't show up to a hundred, bro. They can't. They can't afford an abortion like like that. Like it's no. not that easy to come no. up with. Abortions aren't something that's affordable. Like no. the reproductive rights that liberals and conservatives are going back and forth about mm-hmm. is a rich people problem. It is, and I, I hate how abortion is often framed as a discussion. Well, if you can't afford the baby, you can always get an abortion. Because first off, abortions are expensive. You can't afford as fuck. the abortion. You can't afford the abortion, and then. What I, I hate how that conversation is specifically becomes, for women of color is always framed around money. I hate that shit. Money, religion, it's all bullshit. I well, hate that shit. Y'all I just really, want more. Y'all yeah. know what y'all want. Y'all yeah. want that prison, a pipeline. Yes, that's what, I, that's what I'm telling you. We work you. in the inner city Like, schools. you need to frame the conversation a certain way. Yeah, no, seriously, you need to frame the conversation a certain way. Like, a lot of the time when we're talking about abortion specifically, and then this isn't even white liberal feminists. This is like white conservatives. Like, we don't want you to get abortion because of religion. No, you don't want me to get an abortion because you want one more free prisoner. That's you want it. more free labor to keep up, to support this capitalistic system where corporations are literally, I, I still like, I still don't understand how we're like, we're letting people get away with this shit. Are you serious? Like there, what did I read the other day? I read this for a training I had to do for my professional development before school started back. And they were talking about how this corporation, they're the largest, uh, they're the largest corporation in the world that owns privately owned prisons. They own most of the privately owned prisons in this country. And they'll donate certain months, a certain amount of money to companies and to state legislators that will guarantee that they'll keep the prisons occupied at like 98%. And my thing is this, at least for 30 years. So I'm like, how are you guaranteeing that you're gonna have basically a free, how are you guaranteeing that you're gonna imprison people for 30 years? Where are you getting these people from? Where are you plucking them from? I want to know. But I do know. I do know. And I know how you're doing it. Yes. That, that corporation, 
they're greasing the palms of somebody on the, on, in, the, in D.C. That's that's just greasing trash. the palms on somebody on the state level that's greasing the palms of, oh, yeah, my cousin, he's a superintendent down at blah, blah, blah. You know, my my family, we actually were pioneers in this town. We came through on the Mayflower. Nigga, I came through on the Mayflower, too. I was just on the lower deck. Like, yeah. But, you know, we didn't get the same privileges. So it's white liberal feminists. Yeah, y'all fail us in reproductive rights for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think they fail us also, and I've heard this so many times, and I had a professor say this shit, and I won't say what institution to wear, but she actually came forward and she was like, I really just don't believe that there's any racial issue within feminism. And I feel like that's just something that people make up to be divisive. And I'm like, okay, like, my thing is this, like, how do you tell someone when they're actually genuinely and sincerely petitioning you about the issues within a movement that they're being divisive? That bringing up race, which is a fucking integral part of their identity, is divisive. I don't know. When people say inclusion is divisive, you know, there's always ulterior motives to that. Mm. Because it would bolster your movement to want... It would make the feminist movement bigger, bigger, bigger (laughs) if we did include intersectionality. Because then we come in and we have... Not only rich white women, we can bring in poor white women, middle class white women, but then we can also bring in black women. And then Mm -hmm. we can also bring in rich black women. We can bring in middle class. We can bring in Hispanic women. We can bring in immigrant Muslim. We can bring in more people to make this a bigger movement. So for you to think that bringing up race is divisive. No, it's not divisive. It's just not something you want to talk about because that makes you uncomfortable. It does. It makes you uncomfortable. Because a man could turn around and say the same thing. If you're if you want to talk about being about your sex, then you're being divided. I mean, that's the same shit that like, we're essentially arguing against. Right. And I think also uh, the conversation that's consistently been an issue and it it's not gone away. The pay gap. My thing is the pay gap. You cannot be Fake. a feminist. You can't be a feminist Fake. and talk about the pay gap without talking about capitalism in the way that it uniquely positions women of color to be the poorest demographic. Yep. And you can't talk about that without talking about race, without talking about class and poverty and how it I'm tired of ties hearing about that. this 77 cents on a dollar. Nigga, I don't make 77 cents on a white man's dollar. White women do. I make 62 cents on the dollar. Thank you. As a black woman and black men make 68 cents on the dollar and then Hispanic men make 56 cents and then Hispanic women make 52 cents. Yes. And it goes down and down and down from there. Yep. So be real. Like y'all that pay gap. And 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 you know, I've heard an argument about this when it comes to white feminism and white liberals and all that they're not fighting for everybody's rights. They're fighting for their rights to sit next to the white man on the throne of white supremacy. Hence, so hence how white liberal feminism, it doesn't really do shit. It doesn't dismantle the system. It just it's comfortable. It's too comfortable it, for me, right? Like yeah. it's comfortable. For y'all want the same rights as me. No, no, no. I want the same rights as him, but I want them so I can still oppress you. I don't want I us mm-hmm. equal mm, no, I, we're no. I mean, I like I said, I understand, but I, I, I don't understand. You know, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's, it's a slap in the face. It's a slap and a kiss. It's yeah. You know, you can come to all our meetings. Yeah, I'd love to have you at the rallies. Yeah, yeah. yeah let us get our rights first, and we'll come back for y'all. No, y'all, y'all don't come back. Yeah, and I, that's just not too. It's not enough of a guarantee. From first off, I'm not gonna agree to that ever. Okay, not ever. And then it's just right. like, let me, let me get my money first, then I got you. No, nah, nah, bitch. I don't trust somebody <laughs> bring. Nah. Nobody bringing the bag out. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm bringing my own bag. <laughs> no. All right. So this is a good segue into our next question. So the phrase, there is no hierarchy of oppressions, which how is that phrase both true, but also dismissive of the very real nuances that women from different backgrounds face? 
How does it deduce? How does it deduce the reality of intersectionality and homogenize the feminist movement? Man, I just All had a big tweet ass about this. <laughs> I just had a tweet about this, and they said there's no hierarchy of oppression, and I and I liked the tweet because when I think in terms of the conversation which is being used, which is colorism is the reason that Cardi B made number one, mm-hmm. I think of it as, no, there's no hierarchy because she benefits from colorism. That's just another tool of white supremacy. So in that sense, she benefits from that privilege, but house nigga feel nigga, still a nigga. Yes! So yes! at the end of the day, <laughs> that's what it is. But But it is, it can be dismissive when we think of like you it's know, confining the, either way, but it it's, it's, yeah. it, it can be dismissive when you think of outside of black terms. If I if I were talking about like you know, man, I can't even say Hispanics because high key like white Hispanics are white. Like you go mm-hmm. to their country and they're top shit, which is why they come here and like, well, yeah, that racist spit shit. on black people and like yeah. think that we're crazy. And then white people look at them like, oh no, nigga, uh, Reagan made y'all up in '77, uh, so y'all ain't real. So <laughs> it's. There's no hierarchy to oppression. I can say when it comes to race and sexuality, or not race, sexuality, when it comes to race and sexism, there there is a hierarchy because black man, the black male experience is definitely going to be totally different from the black female experience, um, Mm -hmm. just in terms of what we have to put up with as women in this country. And then on top of that, as black women, not that black men get too much of a pass, but they think they do. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, Shit. That, that's a good one. Got to dive into that If you sure. haven't read The Roots article, black men are the white people of black people. <laughs> Yo, so much tea. Oh, my god! But, yeah, so there isn't a hierarchy when it comes to, I think, within black issues as far as, you know, being divisive in that way. But there is, you know, like, uh, it's like sin. If I go have sex before marriage or if I go be gay— I'm not going to sit there and point at the gay person. I have no right to sit there and point at the gay person and be like, you're gay, you're going to hell. No, and I just had premarital sex. I think it's all on the same level. We all oppress. We all, we ain't get nothing more. Like, mm-hmm. even if you get like a cookie crumb more, okay, you know, uh, my premarital my marital sex up until a couple years ago, that can still get me married. But now you can get married, you know, that's still, I had one more right than you, but it's still at the end of the day, we still face oppression, you know? Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, yeah. That may not have been the best example, but no, I mean, like all sin is sin. All oppression is oppression on different levels. Mm-hmm. There's different benefits, but at the same, at the end of the day, you're still oppressed. Hmm. It can, it can dismiss the, it can dismiss the, the variables that come with oppression. Yeah. But it still, at the end of the day, I still when we think of the term oppression, you know, yeah. you're, you're still it. <laughs> um, there is no hierarchy in oppression. Okay, I agree with that. I hate when people compare genocides. I hear, yeah, I hate that shit. I don't like what the, about the Jews? No, I don't. The oppression Olympics is not. It's not no. for me, and I'm not about to play that shit. So my thing is this: is like I only think. I think when we say that statement, you can only really say that statement if you're fully and absolutely acknowledging the different nuances that go into oppression and the way that white supremacy works and whether any other type of oppression works, right? Because white supremacy works differently for different groups of people. Like for us- But it all is white supremacy. But it all is white supremacy at the end of the day. So it still exists under this umbrella where 
you may not experience the same oppression that I'm experiencing, but your ass is getting oppressed. Yeah, you're like oppressed. one way or another, you're, you're getting you're oppressed, oppressed somehow. Minority. Like patriarchy, and this is you know the article. Like this is what I want so many African American men, black men, to understand is that my brother, when you feel it, when you feed into this system, the system was not designed for you at all. It wasn't designed for you. It was designed to like create an illusion that you can be equal to white men and you can't under patriarchy. That's just the absolute truth. And so when you feed into that system and you further oppress women, especially women of color, especially black women, what you're doing is you're perpetuating a system that is ultimately designed for all of us to fail. And it's designed to be divisive and it's designed to make you think that, oh, well, a man is supposed to do this and a woman is supposed to do that. No, especially when we talk about families. Like my, I hate, I hate, hate, hate. We start talking about, well, fathers are absent from families, which is a real problem. A lot of that has to do with the prison industrial complex, which is what? Patriarchy. 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 It's capitalism, white supremacy. It's all of that. So when you ignore the fact that we're talking about that, ignore the fact that a lot of the problems that you're talking about are from the y'all same system the, that you're trying to uphold. The, y'all ignore the cause, but y'all want to talk about all the effects. Yes, ignore the cause and want to talk about the effects. And my thing is this, is like, I'm tired of demonizing black women under the patriarchal system, especially single mothers. Well, you did this, Bro. your son or your children like this is because you're a single mother and there's no man around. My thing is this, we have to stop defining what a family looks like. It takes a village to raise a family. That's And that is actually a uniquely like, that's an African proverb. That's an African proverb. That's yeah. an African proverb. I was reading Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, yes. and that was in it. Also, really good read. Yes. If you haven't read it. Yes. Pick that shit up. Yeah. But Joyce DeGry goes in, uh, and it's a dissertation, so it's uh, scholarly. So you can become a scholarly uh, racial expert. Yeah. You can be a scholarly <laughs> feminist. Like, you can become a scholarly feminist. Like, like none of the other people we know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. Else. <laughs> but I, um, when I say, okay, so how does it deduce the reality of intersectionality homogenized the feminist movement? All that we're all women. Yes, we are, but we have different experiences. So when we say that, I think please we just, acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge, acknowledge that's the intersection. Exactly acknowledge that shit. Just like, acknowledge it. If you're a feminist and you grew up in fucking Highland Park, you're not like me. No, no. Like you may be a feminist, you may believe in equal rights for women, you may even like fully subscribe to intersectionality. But you have to acknowledge your experiences are not like my experiences. You don't experience the same things. I don't experience the same shit that you experience. Yeah. I, the, that's like when it comes to speaking on trans issues. I I would never speak on a trans woman's issues because I, I, I'm i not qualified to. I, I don't know. I know nothing of that experience. No, like literally stay in your fucking lane. Like yeah, stay in your I, lane. Yeah. When I've had people ask me about trans women and the tramp, my ideas on it. I was like, I think it's, I think they definitely should have the same rights. But as far as speaking on their experience, I can't tell you because I've never, I've never experienced that. So yeah, you'd have to ask somebody trans. For sure. And um, I think that's what a lot of white liberal feminists fail to do is, oh, no, you know, I know the black man, the black woman, this is what they want. Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. Um, that's no, you don't know what we want. You can just you keep, ask, you just, ask, like, just keep calling us super predators. And yes. Keep moving, bitch. You, <laughs> ask, no, you, you ask like five of your black friends, your black female friends, yeah. your black women friends. Your yes women, not yes. even your real black friends. Your your um, these are my five black. I'm not racist friends. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not racist. Uh, Regina's oh, right here. Hillary. Yeah. Oh, Hillary. Man, fuck her. Uh, um, fuck her, but not fuck her as much as Donald Trump, in my opinion, but definitely fuck her. I made a video, <laughs> like, I, I early voted on the first day of early voting because, yeah, I just had to get that off my chest. But um, and so did my mom, and we talked about it later, and I was just like, you know, the night Donald Trump won, I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I have 
I don't I didn't feel any relief voting for Hillary and I had anxiety the whole day. And I did vote for her. And I actually it. I voted for her. Yeah, I That's voted for her as well. And I, I didn't feel any relief voting for her over voting for Donald because at the end of the day, uh like like many people said, black women came out in droves, 96%, to vote against their best interest, to vote against someone who was pivotal in locking up a lot of the black men in this country. And white women voted for their whiteness. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I really did, you know, I was hedging my bets, but at the same time, you know, played myself because Hillary would have been easier to lobby to, but at the same time, she wasn't, she's another daughter of the Confederacy, in my mind. Um, <laughs> she's, I still can't help but think, and this is just me, I don't like Hillary. I, you know, we had a, we had a shitty, we had shitty, really shitty options. It was time. Bad. We had really I fucking think after, shitty options. And I think, you know what, I think we've always had shitty options, but this is the first time that we've been able to vote. And They've this, been so clearly illuminated to us. And this like, is the first, damn, like, they're like, y'all are shitty. Like, <laughs> racist. Uh, like, this, and when we had Openly. To, and we had Proudly. To, and we had to care. Yeah. And, you know, when Obama came through, you know, Obama came through with so much swag and finesse, not saying he was the best president, but he did his... He did what niggas do. I think he do. did the best. He did what, he what niggas had. do. He worked twice as hard for yeah. half the recognition. So None I'll of the recognition. Give, I'll give him that. Him. Yeah, they, he, what they called him, Barack <laughs> Obama. We Barack Hussein. Mister Mister Obama. We got. We still all every day. President Trump has ignited war via Twitter. I'm like, Forty five. Yeah. Nah. Forty fucking five. Like, nah, I bleep his name out every time I tweet that shit. But yeah nah Hillary yeah she was she was she was the she was a white liberal feminist that um and she wasn't even a feminist she's not even a feminist because uh if we look back to her little scandal with Monica and Bill in the Oval Office she ruined that girl's life she ruined a 22 year old girl's life she made sure that girl was called every kind of slut. If you've watched the TED Talk from Monica Lewinsky uh-huh. um, that came out last year or the year before last, uh-huh. she talks about how she was the first victim of cyberbullying. Yeah, she, she does. And she, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, I remember that came out and it debuted. I remember that. Yeah. I did. And Hillary was right there with her. Nah, the girl's a slut. This is a 22-year-old girl and you let your predatory, you, you call black men super predators, but you have your predatorial husband coming through, taking advantage of. This girl believed that this man was going to leave her to be with you. If you watch her Diane Sawyer interview from 1999, where she, where just so she could get through the interview, Monica Lewinsky is on antidepressants because she has mm-hmm. thought about committing suicide over the last year and a half. Think about that kind of pressure. Think about I can't even fathom. I can't even and, fathom. And Bill and Bill still revered, and Monica Lewinsky still getting mentioned in songs related to cum shots. Like, yeah, that's her legacy. Yep, because she fell in love with a man, and his wife stood by, and basically said, "Yeah, she's she's wrong." No, she's the slut shaming was uh, it was unbelievable for her, and and Hillary never came back, and, and she's not going to. She, she, she never she will. Never came, no, she won't. She never will. She's Scorpio, she's petty, but. Uh, <laughs> But Hillary, yeah, she never came back. So she wasn't even like a feminist. She was just a white woman who wanted to be president. She couldn't get it in 08. They weren't giving it to her in 12. She Uh -uh. thought 16 was her year. 16 could have been her year, but man, Trump came through as a wild card. And he did, he said what all these angry, I'm tired of being politically correct, racist wanted to hear. And here he is. He's I, um, something like a president type thing. I, I have such a I'm a sovereign I, citizen. I don't I, have a president. 
I'm Ugh. moving to the Republic of Fenty when that shit drops. Hell yeah. Yes. I'm in that business. <laughs> Strong. When Dual that, citizenship. When that whole drops. I'll relinquish citizenship what? here. I don't no. give a fuck. I'm Fentonese. What you right. mean, nigga? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you see this on my cheeks? Trophy wife. That's yes. my passport, yes. nigga. Like, I'm not, nah. What's good? Yeah. No. no, I have such a unique and really complex relationship with the way I feel and think about Hillary Clinton. I don't like her. Don't support her. I don't really feel like she really supports me as a black woman. And I knew no. that. And I felt like, to I be mean, honest, I voted yeah. for her because I felt like she would be easier the to lesser of two evils. Yep. Easier to lobby to. We could probably sway her in our direction. But I also feel like uh, I sympathize with her. And this is why. Because the reason she lost that election is because she's a woman. Yeah. And that, and that to Facts. me, white woman, I know that she is... Um, and a lot of white she has women a lot, she has aren't a lot interested of faults. in being feminist either. No, they're not. They're not. And she has a lot <laughs> they're of, not. Hillary Clinton has a lot of faults. She's done a lot of shit that was wrong. But it, it really did something to me to watch a country literally vote for the worst fucking person to ever run for president of the free world. And they voted for him because they did not want to see someone with the vagina in the Oval Office. That, and that would have been too much of a threat to white supremacy. Like, yes, it is. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about it on the, uh, man, I was so distraught election night. I can't tell you anybody's name of an interview <laughs> That I shit was wild. But he said it was a white lash. He said it would have been too much of a threat to white supremacy to have a first a black man and then backdoor that with a white woman. That Make America great again. Make America great again. That would have been too much of a threat. And I was like, yeah, facts, big facts. Um, yeah, no, that... I, I, I always sympathize with her for that. What do you mean? Like, even every debate they had, all you talked about how how she devoted her life to trying to make a change or devoted her last, quote-unquote, 30 years in Washington. And, you know, he always pulled up her work experience and hovered over her like a vulture. Mm-hmm. And for her to lose was kind of like... It's I been think, less than, it's I been think like, since November, I've been living in a different... I, since November, I've definitely been different, living in a different mindset because, one, seeing... That and, and and I and I shouldn't have been surprised because I talk about racism and I talk about mm-hmm. sexism I talk about it all the time mm-hmm. but when you actually see it on I know these things exist and you know I know they exist outside of my Tumblr dashboard and but to actually see it so blatantly so glaring for for everyone to mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. it was kind of just like. And people Whoa, still voted for this fuck. man. Word, word, word. We're way, we're, it's way worse. What I don't like about that, though, like, hate Trump. I don't, I didn't, I will say this. I don't like the slut shaming that went on with Melania. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if she took nudes. Yeah. Because you know, at this point, yeah, nobody can be fucking first ladies. No. <laughs> my nudes are probably on the internet somewhere. Look. Like, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's nudes, like, look, I'm posting nudes on my Instagram. Follow me. So it's like, <laughs> there's no nudes there, LOL. But it's like, you know, everybody, I didn't like that. That was the one thing I didn't like. I didn't like the attacks on the wife and everybody tried to justify, well, they made fun of Michelle's uh, bare arms. I mean, uh, so we, 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 we stooped to their level. I, I didn't like that. Um, she wrongs don't make a right. I yeah, will always agree with he's that. He's a piece of shit, but um, yeah, don't talk about his wife. She doesn't even like that nigga. Like, obviously, she'd be curving those, what? curving them high fives what? left and right. Whoop. Sorry. That shit is so entertaining to <laughs> She'd be watch. She'd them with a super side. That shit is so entertaining to but, watch. But yeah, Hillary, I felt bad for her because she, she had the credentials. The resume she did. was on She point. had 
The resume was it. on point. And, and I was so yeah. shocked. She lost out. I wasn't shocked. I mean, I want to say I was shocked. I was, I was like, it was a weird type of feeling because yeah. it was shocked, but it was also like, as a as a black woman living in America, I'm not I surprised. I know how racist y'all are. I, I know how much y'all don't give a fuck. Right? Like, I, I should have knew. Like, I know how racist y'all are. I know that y'all really. I was I was disappointed in myself. I'm like, damn, nigga, you talk about this all the time. You don't even believe you at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, so from I wanted that to point be wrong. On, I wanted right. to be wrong. I wanted to be wrong. That's the first time I wanted to be wrong. I was like, damn, you don't even believe you. And I was like, yeah, you know, at that point, I had to start believing in myself. I was like, I have to wake up every day and believe in me and what I have to I say. Because what I, you were, I mean, that's I've only the worked a job three months out of this year. Everything else has been creative projects for me because I was like, I'm not going to get it in corporate. You know, mm-hmm. I got to do me. And if this if this is the world I'm living in, all the all the respectability, even even the respectability of politics that I fight against as far as like tone policing and, you know, yeah, I'm an angry black woman. All those tropes mm-hmm. and shit yeah. that I fight against, I was still putting respectability politics on myself as far as what I thought I could be in this life based on white man rules. No, like, and you know, it's so, it it's was so confining and it's so traumatizing to feel that way and I totally get that. I think so many black it's women like feel that way. It's like shedding skin. No, it seriously is and to know that none of that shit, all that shit, all that, all that shit that they talked about Obama, all those things, all those ideals that we thought created and made a president, all that was bullshit and to have that like blown up in my face, I think that was one of the most eye-opening moments it that is. none of this shit is real. It like is. None of those standards are real. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. And it's, I mean, it's cathartic. as long as you're not killing anyone. It's cathartic you know. in, a, in a certain sense because I, I just had this realization. This has been like an ongoing realization since November. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it's just not coming to me because I feel like I've had these thoughts before, but my thing is now, I mean, like, I don't want to fucking. Because you can't give a fuck in the age of Trump. You no, cannot you give can't. a fuck. And this is my thing is like, you no. have to really. I'm at the point now where I'm not. I don't want to fit into your space. Nope. I'm knocking down doors, nigga. I'm creating yeah. my own spaces. I'm fucking demolition. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a contractor. I'm building up that's what why I want. We're, that's why we got the podcast. I yes. got the blog. We got yes. our page. Like, and, and that's the beauty of living in the social media age. Yes. And I think that's what makes this. I mean, because Trump's not the first white supremacist president, but. He's not. Reagan. Well, actually, no. We go further back than that. Oh, Andrew can, Jackson. Look, look, look. Uh, everybody, everybody in the White House owned slaves. Yes. So, uh, except for um, shit, Obama might have half of him might have owned slaves. So, um, I don't know. Shit. Like, it's just at this point, I feel like everything I was taught, and I knew it was a lie, but now it's like seeing it as a lie. It's just really. Uh, it changed my mindset. And I can't even, you know, I, you know, black people, we always vote Democratic. I can't even find loyalty to voting Democratic anymore because no. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's still a settlement. It it's is. still settling. You're so compromising I, so your I'm rights, in, your dignity, in, all of it. Compromising that, all of it. And, and that would be against everything that I speak of as being a black feminist. It's about not compromising. It's about not settling. So will I vote the next election? It's, it's a toss-up. Honestly, it's a coin toss because when I think about my ancestors, they fought for the right and to that's have significant. the option and that's, that's, to. That's significant. And that's important. It yeah. is. They fought for the right for the option to. So if I don't want to vote next election, I won't because I have to do what's best for me, what's best for people that look like me, what's best for my children, what honors me. I can't. I. I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not being played in this game anymore. And that's kind of been the realization since November is. Mm-hmm. 
none of this shit's real. Like, nope. none of these rules real. Like, you, nope. to think that I was told you couldn't be a stripper and fucking be successful. And look, I'm mad strippers are successful. Look, <laughs> what do you mean? You can't sell drugs and be successful. Rappers, hella success. All that's bullshit. All yeah. those are lies. There's no there's no ingredient to what you can and can't do in there this world. It. And I think that's kind of where that's freedom. That's Realize freedom. That is freedom. And, and that's, that's what freedom. And that's where our country and that's where our country lacks. <laughs> is that we believe that there's a okay, you you know, you gotta go to school for this amount of years and you yeah. gotta get your four year degree. There's a recipe. Have to, there's no recipe. You know, that's that's the that's the path to become a good worker. That's the path to become a good sheep. But you know, that's uh, I'm off that now. I know. I, I totally feel you. And that's that's one of my things is like I I work in the public education system. I don't feel like no. I'm teaching them shit. Facts. Like I used I'm, to teach them. I'm creating factory workers. I'm creating like, and not when I say factory workers, I'm talking about I'm creating people that are trained to think and behave a certain way. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want you to be that way. I want you to fucking think of all the possibilities you can think of and be the best that you can be, be the worst that you can be. I yeah, I never uh I never had real expectations for my kids aside from uh don't physically fight in my class because I'm not trained in restraints, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to pull you guys apart and I don't like blood. So that was like the only role that I had, but I taught STEM art. So it was all about tapping into their creativity. And, you know, I worked at a charter school, so we had no budget. So most of my stuff was like oh, shit, I have a bunch of, like, plastic bottles around the house. Like, let's mm-hmm. get some rubber bands and let's see what the fuck they make. And and these kids would come up with the coolest shit. I would give them three materials, popsicle sticks, rubber bands, they and given the opportunity. And, and they would go wild. And these are, you know, these are kids that are, quote, unquote, set up to fail. These are my African-American, Hispanic kids who don't know who, you know, they really, they can't read. Or, or a lot of them couldn't read and a lot of them couldn't write. A lot of them had a hard time comprehending Um just based to this no child left behind bullshit. But these kids, when you gave them opportunity in that space to open their mind and create and think outside the box could excel. So it's just such bullshit to believe that, Oh, I can't be an engineer because I don't have an engineering degree or that's just a rule society places on you to keep people behind. That's just people used to go to college for free. People, I I read this story, but this that's man, crazy. This man flipped hamburgers and paid his way through fucking law school. Yeah, so that shit is unreal. That couldn't happen today. And and it, and it's and it's it's just based. It's racism. It's, it is it's part of the white supremacy. And it's just it like is. you know, I I would never do. I would never discourage my kids. They would come with me. Their first words would be, "I can't." And I was like, "Nah." Before we even start this, we're gonna have to do a couple of chants of "I am's." Uh, you are successful. You're powerful. Like we're mm-hmm. about to get some positivity in this bitch, but. It's, you know, because I, I mean, at that time I was teaching, I, 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 my world had been blown apart. Mm, yeah, <laughs> my, world shit. As, my world as I believed it. So I, I didn't want to, I don't want to place that on them. And I, mm-hmm. and I do that with my niece now. She's seven. Yeah. And I have a six-year-old niece. Yeah. Even my <laughs> nephew, he's 20. You know, he thinks that he has to go to school and, you know, be a, be a whatever. And I'm like, bro, if you're good at music, push your beats. But I'm not going to tell you can't it. do it. Like I'm seeing niggas. Soldier Boy blew up off YouTube when YouTube was still like having a hundred views with a lot of views. Like yeah. anything, there's no ingredients. I just feel like put everything, your heart and soul into it. And that's just kind of what it is. I think the reason that Donald Trump won is because he believed it. At the end of the day, he believed it and he he believed it. 
You know what? Who did? He, he believed it. With, with, no. No, without a shadow of a doubt. No, he did. He did. And he treated this is how and he, he won. believed it. And he believed it. And he treated it as though he was already it. No, and he treated he treated his whole election he cycle. Man-ded. No, he treated his like, mediocre white man did. He literally. Yes. He like, treated like he treated his entire election average. cycle. He's treated his entire election cycle like a fucking reality TV show. And it worked for him. Reality People cultures. love that shit. Hey, we 10 years of Keep It Kardashian. So yeah, reality TV is it. Look, they out here making money. People <laughs> love billion that dollar shit. Industry. Billion dollar industry. Billion they dollar, love and that and shit. And it started with the first reality show, the OJ Simpson case. <laughs> Man. The Kardashians' name has been relevant for the last 30 years. I mean, not too much shine on them, you know, because it's not about them. Nah, we don't. We, we don't have, fuck with them. We can have a whole segment on those bitches. <laughs> but, but we will. But... <laughs> All right, this is the last question because we have to wrap our uh, time up with you guys. In what ways has feminism been hostile towards men of color for the sake of its goals and ideals? Do you feel it has been hostile towards men of color in particular? I think the way that some women are addressing men in the name of feminism is detrimental. This men are trash, that thing, I don't care how many fuck boy fuck nigga boyfriends you have there's always a good nigga out there uh, you know so mm-hmm. that i didn't like i didn't like when that went on social media and the little teespring shirt and people were just like oh yeah miniature i, I don't like that because without you, without an explanation of like why are you saying that yeah. like how, talk about how they're socialized when, to be trash and when y'all put that out there when you when you feed in and to believe that ideology, you're gonna attract more men who are trash. Like mm-hmm. you're you're already setting it up. Oh, all, men, all men are trash. So what are you gonna run into? A bunch of trash ass niggas. Everybody you run into the energy you're putting out is. I think all men are trash, and the universe is vibrational. So if you're giving off that vibration, that's what you're gonna attract. Then um, I think that is detrimental because men do have feelings. Um, <laughs> they have feelings too, and I think when we address the issue of men and in regards to feminism and hypermasculinity and the effects it has on them and that then in turn has effects on women, I think we need to address that differently um, at times. Uh, I did see a good tweet that was like, men, women don't say men are trash because, you know, it's just our boyfriends, it's our, our, it's our fathers, our brothers, our cousins. And I was like, okay, I can fuck with that. But uh-huh. at the same time, you have to understand that they're, they're all growing up under this socialization that, what they're doing is normal, that they can have many women or they don't have to be honest or whatever your grievances uh-huh. with men. Like, I don't even date men and I still wouldn't, like, <laughs> I still wouldn't, I wouldn't approach it that way. Like, I feel like we need to have a more constructive conversation. But at the same token, men have to be, men of color have to be more open to accepting that their, some of their behaviors are toxic as fuck. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, 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 and it's yeah. not, and it's not 100% your fault, but when it's presented to you, like any issue, when it's presented to you, you have that option to make a change. But if you continue to remain the same, then you know, maybe you are trash. Maybe you are right. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe you are trash. So yeah. Cause after the men are trash shirts came out, what next came? The black women are trash. And I, and I was just like, that's how much y'all hate black women. Like it just has to come back on. And we're the ones who made the shirt. You didn't even look, it could have been a cave Becky who did this, but it came back to black women are trash. Fuck it. (laughs) You know, like it's ridiculous. But yeah, when it comes to speaking to men in the name of feminism, I mean, I'm not saying coddle them by any means, but it doesn't have to always come from, um, this is what you're doing wrong this is what you're doing wrong because wrong. I think we need to explain to them the system 
Mm-hmm. And then again, it's at, just like explaining racism to white people. It's their choice on whether or not they want to correct it or remain a part of it. And yeah. a lot of people are very comfortable with where they are. So you're going to have a lot of people who remain a part of it. I think people don't understand the timeline of the dialogue. Like The dialogue is not going to happen overnight. It's at not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be one of those I wouldn't even say where... I'm like a full feminist yet. You know, I'm not even final form. Like, yeah, and I think, I think also um, that when we talk about one of my favorite quotes by Bell Hooks is she talked, well, not even a quote, this is just like pretty much all her goddamn work. She Real talks team. about how black feminism is so revolutionary because it has the ability to really, like black feminism, womanism has always been steeped in the idea that we don't have to do away with men. We can include men in the narrative in a way that teaches them that feminism, and especially womanism, black feminism has the possibility to liberate them. I think that's what's often missing from the conversation when we say men are trash. Okay, if you're going to say that, please put some fucking, like, like put an asterisk on that shit yeah. and talk about in what ways are they socialized to be trash? In what ways are they taught that it's okay to do this? It's okay to do that? It's okay to think a certain way? Yeah. Especially with African-American men. And once again, like, black men, like, listen, y'all have to stop believing in patriarchy. That shit's not for you, bro. It's not. There's no such thing as gender roles. Gender's not even, like, a real thing. There is biological sex for male and female where you are a um, person who either sends out the sperm to make the baby or you're the baby holder. So there's gender roles. There's there's no such thing as gender. Like No, it seriously, exist. like... There's no role that you have to play. You be you. Be whatever you, you want to be. Mm-hmm. There's no role because at the end of the day, you'll put so much into becoming this idea of what you think you're supposed to be. Like, you know, I have, and I think even you have at some point in your life, we all have fed into it. And you'll find yourself so dissatisfied because you're like, oh, I had to turn down what I like because that's not what I'm supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I find even a lot of men who do sleep around and stuff like that, I find that they're not even satisfied in that. But, you know, what are my homeboys going to think if I got a girl, you know, if I like this one girl or, you know, it's like, it's... too much, you yeah, know, it's too fuck? much. It's too much having to impress. It's too much having to impress. And the only person you have to impress is yourself. So when it comes to speaking on to black men about feminism, about womanism, I think that we need to, man, you can't, you can lead a man to water, but you can't make him drink. Um, it's kind of like that. I think we need to just, open the conversation as an open dialogue. Right. But I don't think we should close it off to say men are trash. No, I, mean, I, I think not trash. to me, and this is the not issue. every it, man is No, trash. they're not. And it's too dismissive. It's too, it's it too is. final. It's, it's too, too final. Yeah, like three words, you out. Men are trash. You know, period. Fuck them. Do right. away with them. Throw them right. all away. Throw the whole nigga all, away. All I want is money. <laughs> like, nah, it's so much. Like, all I want is money. And then you gotta think money comes from, uh, money is nothing. It's paper with a, a white man's face on it that probably enslaved your people. And no, and it's designed to make you feel worthless all the time. Uh, all the time. All the time. You always concerned about a lack of it. Getting more of it. Yep. Doing whatever you have to do to get more of it. You never have enough of it. Never. Not ever. So So just get that shit out your head. Be free. Freedom is what we want for you. Freedom is what we want for you. Yeah, when black women, when we are... Shit, I might speak for all black women because I can't. (laughs) Right. But when I speak for me as a black woman... Uh, what I want from my black brothers, my black men, I want you guys to be you. I want you to Hell be yeah. yourself. I, yes. Whatever 
if you want to fucking cry, do it. I'm yes. not going to make fun of you for it. Like, trust me. I know it's hard. Life is hard. Like, cry. Get mad. Don't hit me. But like, you know, <laughs> like, really feel whatever you need to feel because denying yourself that feeling only represses it, makes it greater and gives it more power over you. So like, fuck that. Fuck that. Men don't cry. Do it. Shit. Fuck it. What's going to happen? Like, who's going to do something like or as soon as that tear drops out of somebody going to be like, oh, fuck you cried, nigga. Like you out. Like, that's not how it goes. Like, Y'all have to think, like, none of that shit is real. Like, look at our fucking president. That should be the key example. None of that societal bullshit is real. It's an illusion. Real. It's, it's all, all an illusion. illusion. It's all an illusion. It's all created to control you. So when you think about, oh, well, think about it. Ask yourself, why do, why am I sleeping with 30 girls and lying to all of them? Like, what's the point? Who has that kind of time, that kind of energy? That's a lot of dick you Yo, give away. Yo, bro. And, and girls do it too. And y'all, and y'all have to think, like, why? Like, why? Why is there so much into it? You have to really deep, not not that there's anything wrong with casual sex. Hey, do you? Do for you? For real. I'm going to say. Do you but, safely? <laughs> yeah, do you safely? But you have to think when you're putting yourself in situations that are risky to yourself, to the mental health of others, or you're going out and harming other people and you have to live all these different characters. Like, you got to think like, damn, what am I doing this for? Like, why am I putting on so many fronts? For who? For what? Am I doing this for me? Because I really enjoy it. You could. That means sociopath exists. That's cool. But um, are you really doing it? Is it, it? Does it make you happy? Like, I think I really want to know. Sh- I do too. <laughs> like, I always want to ask, like, why do you do it? Like, what is your motive? Like, when, when people do it, like, why do you do it? Like, you just do it because, like, yeah. what's the issue? You know, is there an issue? Like, what is, like, what is it? Like, what makes you think that you are, you are so entitled to people that you have to lie or that yeah. you're so unentitled to somebody that you have to lie. Yeah. You know, what does that, what does that say about your self-worth? Like you have to make up a whole grand lie to get somebody to have sex with you who probably would have had sex with you because you're cool and dope by on your own. That's like, what I always so say. Weird. I always tell men, it's believe so in the power of your dick. Like stop calling bitches easy. First of all, stop calling them easy. No such thing as easy. If we want to fuck you, we're going to fuck Listen, you. Yes. If we're easy, y'all, if you're easy, you're happy. And then, but when you got to tell the story and oh, she was too easy, you know, I ain't going to do it again. But you know, like, yeah, you are, you know, Everybody what the fuck? easy. Like, what? come on. It's too easy. I don't want it if it's too easy. Okay. That's a lie. You know, if Beyonce, if you found out Beyonce wanted to fuck with you, you'd fuck with her. And she could have had like 30 dicks in her mouth last night. No, it'd be you real. fuck with her just because. Yeah, exactly. Like, Y'all for the clout. Like, yeah, yeah. Stop calling women easy. No, no, there's no such thing as easy because we can throw that back on y all. And nobody's worth is found in their genitals. Like, no, it isn't. Yeah, like, come on. Like, there's yeah. so many things I could say to y'all. But what I want y'all to do is just, I want y'all to be you. I want everybody to be themselves. I mean, like like Celeste said, the worst possible version or the best. Like, but do what makes you happy. Don't do genuinely and sincerely yeah, happy. Feel it. Don't do shit because you feel like you have to do it because somebody says you do it. Or right. There's, there's an institution that's designed for you to do it, or because oh, I always heard I had no. Nah, you can you can break free, and every day, every yeah. moment is an opportunity to break free and do what is best for you. So that's what. That's what I want to say to all black men. I say it's black women too. Yeah. I say it the black girls, black boys, black babies, black kids in, in utero. I want y'all to hear that. <laughs> like, be you. I wish I would have spent more time being me and less time worried about what kind of image I was giving off. And yeah, that's it. That's be you. Yeah, for okay. sure. Not well, everybody gonna like it. 
and they don't have to. You can be successful either way. We got a president. <laughs> Jesus. Sixty-six percent of fifty percent of the population thought it was cool. Fuck somebody that, gonna like. Somebody gonna like it. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, on that note, I think we will wrap up here. I just want to thank everybody for listening with us. Uh, thank you, Pat Stacks, for featuring on this episode. Um, also, yeah. I want to remind you, if you want to uh, learn more about her, read any of her work, please follow her at www.hafricangold.com. Yep. Um, follow our podcast IG at The Slay Less Show. That's Slay with three Ys, T H E. S-L-A-Y-Y-Y-L-E-S-T-E show. The Slay Less Show. I will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.